Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, my fellow heretics. We are back for the season finale of The Righteous Gemstones. Can't wait to talk about this episode tonight. This was dark comedy personified to a T. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz We're letting Jesus in the room one last time. <laughs> we are welcoming all, all heretics, all Satan worshipers. <laughs> we welcome you into our studio and into our hearts tonight. The more we do this show, the more I feel like the kid yelling Bloody Mary into a mirror and then she's actually going to appear. Like Satan is going to appear and just take us as his own. 100%. If you guys see something crazy happen tonight, it was not special effects. It was actually Satan coming for us. Welcome back, guys. Really excited, but really sad. We're at the season finale. My name's Amy Maestri. I don't always introduce myself, but this week I am. (laughs) And that's my face and my voice. And right next to me, look at this lady. Hello, Steph Sabra, red hair for the devil in support. Oh my god, I'm gonna die today. Anyways, so sad it's the finale, but excited to talk about it. I agree with what you said, this was dark comedy in its most perfect, perfect mode. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it all season, but... What a way to end it. Um, I like that they did kind of the bookend episodes of of going a little bit longer, going a little bit more in depth for for the first one and for the last one. But what were your expectations coming into this as the season finale and did did they meet it? I had no idea how they were going to go into it because uh, when it's a season one of of a new show, you don't know if they plan to wrap it up regardless of if they got a season two or not and so I didn't know if they were going to keep the story going if they were going to kind of close it off in a way that was happy and leave the door open and I think that's what they did they I I think that they it was a great finale it was so rewarding but it's also like there's more story to be told but if there wasn't a season two I would have been happy yeah no a hundred percent I love when shows do that it's such a tricky balance of closing enough doors so that you're not leaving everyone just really pissed off. Yeah. But that you're still, you know, keep it keeping those little things open and I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it. Quickly, I see y'all in the chat. What's up? <laughs> We love you guys. Um, if you guys are listening to us right now, we are live on YouTube. Uh, well, this is our last live stream, but next season you can find us live. We love to chat up with you guys. Ryan Duhon and Jaden Lost right now. What's up, you guys? Thank you for joining us. What up, fellow heretics? <laughs> That's you guys. <laughs> You're stuck with us. Oh my god, the red, red lighting, red lighting. Let's go. 
You know what? That's some good timing. We decided for this final episode, the most totally of episodes, <clears throat> we would uh, we would uh, have a little christening here and do some some sacraments. So, I was raised in the Catholic Church, so you know? this red wine might look like wine, but it's actually the blood of Jesus in Christ. So we're just having some blood of Christ right now <laughs> up in here. I encourage you all at home to do the same. You have um, a few seconds to get on our level. Yeah. So we will allow you a couple seconds right now. Please go ahead and pour your sacrament. <laughs> and uh, in Jesus' name, we pray that we all become rich bastards like the rich gemstones. Wow! I couldn't have said that better myself, Thank my you. sister friend. Thank you. Bless you all. Cheers. Bless up. Ah, all right. Everyone take a big gulp, big sip. Wow. Let's jump into this finale. Let us. Uh, let, let us pray. Cold open of this one. Uh, dark comedy opens on this really somber scene of seeing Amy Lee pass away <laughs> around her entire family, which immediately turns into a hunt of this bee that just goes absolutely bananas. So, again, right off the jump. They're ready for it. They're jumping in to go for really, like, a hard-hitting, somber moment, but also just mayhem and the gemstones acting bananas, as always. It was so... I was like, oh, we're taking this route. And I was getting emotional, which is so crazy. I love this genre so much because it's such an emotional roller coaster, and I'm so here for it. And I thought it was really touching and actually a really great moment that was... Um, ended with in the most gemstone fashion possible, which was pure destruction and chaos. Yes. Yeah, which is why that it's so good how they're able to just continuously throw those curveballs in where you're like, oh, is this going to actually just be a really sweet scene? Oh, no, it's not. And th- but sometimes it is, so you don't know. They they have those little, those little moments every once in a while. But we started off strong with that. Um, and then, of course, it jumps right into them finding the van. They know that Scotty's dead. Uh, Eli is really just being caught up within this past, you know, however many days are supposed to have taken place at this point. But he's really catching up on everything. And now all the secrets are coming out. Kids are just throwing each other under the bus. They're accidentally throwing themselves under the bus with some things that Eli didn't know yet. And... Eli's kind of, everything's coming to fruition for what he's been thinking about all season, really, in this scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when he's basically saying you're fired at this point, <laughs> do you think he's going to actually take stuff away? Because I was like, okay, well, that's a bummer. But then, like, they're like, we still live in the house? And I'm yeah, like, Judy just honestly is the most spoiled little brat ever her she you know you're spoiled when your first question your first statement isn't an apology or you feeling bad it's wondering if you're going to still have the life that you want to live and the house that you live in so so classic judy but i i did think maybe we would end the season where he did exile the family and then pick up next season because they are they have some learning to do they're little shit bags <laughs> to be frank yeah and it's been a long time coming throughout this season so to finally be able to see Eli just kind of put his foot down and be like no you got no this has been all wrong and you've seen it more and more kind of play into his conscience i think over the last few episodes to this point just being like wow yeah you're all your shit bags 
I raised a bunch of shit bags. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of a good callback to his conversation with his father a few episodes ago. I think it was episode five. And his dad, it was during Judy's party, and it was the flashback. And he was asking, like, how are you raising these kids like this? They don't understand. They're not grateful. And, and it, I think it was a full circle moment, which the writing of this episode we'll get more into was just it was so perfect. It's been so great all season, but the way that they tied up things that were placed in prior episodes that I didn't really pick up on, I didn't know if they were big staple moments or staple things, did they ended up coming through in a way that I I think is amazing. They just tied the knot perfectly. You just you just tied up that whole statement perfectly. <laughs> Thank Steph. you so much. It's the wine. It's <laughs> not me. Sister Steph, just don't drop give me bars. the credit. It's you know what Sister Steph should be my alter ego. Whoa, you just blew my mind. That's who I become during our special segment, right? Just rhyme that may not rhyme. There you go. That's Sister Steph. I also love the person who called, um, wrote in the comments, which thank you for commenting, regardless of if it's negative or positive. We love it. Uh, they said, I don't get why it's called a righteous rhyme if it never rhymes. I'm like, that's funny because it's literally called a righteous rhyme that may not rhyme. Because it doesn't rhyme. Because yeah, um, I'm just trying to give you guys some truth, okay? But speaking of that, we do love when you guys call comment like i said good bad the ugly we love it all if you're on youtube please give us that like button leave us a comment we love to keep the conversation going if you're listening to us on itunes apple Podcasts, whoopsies uh please leave us a five star rating and a review we also love to talk there you guys make us the espn of tv talk and we can't thank you guys enough for talking about such a great show like this and all the other shows we cover here at after buzz tv so much love hell yeah we love the support from you guys and we love those comments and you know what if you think that we're going to help because of this show we want to hear that too <laughs> we appreciate those comments as much as the others so. hell yeah <laughs> let us know okay, if we're I'm getting taken, taken down by satan this week let us know we love to hear that as well <laughs> Woo! our producer gets us let me tell you he's coming to hell too you're welcome jonathan <laughs> Oh, Jennifer Lopez in the chat. Sister Steph and Sister Amy. Welcome, J-Lo. What up, (laughs) J-Lo? Oh, man. Let's let's now, while while we're talking about our lady, Sister Steph, Sister Amy, Sister J-Lo, let's talk about Sister Amber. Sister Amber and the wives all coming to having to deal with this. And Amber is not, she is just over it. I like how even the woman and the women in the group are like, "Oh, well, it's Amber, so she's going to gloss over it." And she's like, "Hey, well, at least my husband wasn't like bent over a hooker or whatever her line was." And I was like, "She's going for it." Don't now. come for Amber. <laughs> Amber just shot her man in the ass, y'all. She is not here to play. Once you do that, why would you ever come for Amber? She will drag you like she yeah. did. Oh, oh yeah, and she. I, I like that in this one too. They're not let. They're not. She's not taking the foot off the gas. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were. She was going to kind of pull back a little, and I'm so glad that she's not. She is going for it. The wives are still. They're all still idiots. It seems like and they're all trying to gloss over it. But Amber is not. So she goes and has this separate conversation with Jesse, and we learn that that Gideon is in Haiti. Um, which I have to say, uh, Jesse's interpretation of Haiti, the place that has AIDS, voodoo, and chicken magic, um, being his really worldly description of Haiti. But honestly, that is exactly like that is exactly how most of our current administration would describe Haiti. Oh, I will correct you there. They would also call it a shithole country. <laughs> they not would also have also. <laughs> 
<laughs> Corrections all around. Amazing. What do you know? The shithole voodoo chicken magic country. Yes. I would like Haiti. to go there. I would, too. <laughs> I would go dig a ditch with Gideon tomorrow. Me too. Uh, so we find out that he's there. Amber is just hell-bent on having Jesse make amends, figure out how to get Gideon back. Because I'm sure, I mean, at this point, she's feeling guilty, too. She pretty much banished Gideon, thinking that it was all on him before she found out the real truth. As mu- And especially, to that mother's instinct and intuition, she just wanted so badly to believe that there was something else. There was, but it was too late. So I think she she's having her own kind of, like, moment of, of just feeling guilty and terrible about the whole situation, too, for the part that she played. I mean, what a, what a crisis for her. She's gone her whole life thinking everything's perfect. She's a millionaire. She's obsessed with her husband. She loves her family. She is a good mom. She is a good wife. She's too good of a wife. She has not questioned her place in society or her role as a woman in life, which many of those women are, and that is a very current and realistic situation for a lot of women. And now to know that your husband is a liar, hypocritical cheat for all intents and purposes, we don't know exactly what he did, but we can assume that he did a lot of stuff that was really, really wrong. (laughs) And she kicked out her poor son, who she loves more than anything, and he's not even the bad guy. I can't wait for her season two. Uh, story arc. Yeah, it's she's been a slow burn all season, and I know we've kind of had our our finger on that pulse the whole time because we were both really amped about her from the beginning, and I'm glad that her storyline has really, really come through and hasn't disappointed, and I, I don't think it will next season either. Um, I'm sure, too, uh, Cassie Freeman, the actress, is excited because she's probably just going to get to go balls to the wall next season, which I really hope. She's Good. This whole cast is so good. I think they're going to get so much. They've all been really, they all have an extensive career, but I think that now people will really know who each of them are as comedians, but also dramatic actors. Yeah, they've done such a good job of featuring all of them in so many different levels, too. Um, and speaking of levels, oh, Judy and BJ. I know we were talking before we went on I'm going to need more wine for this <laughs> let's, conversation. Let's fill back up. Sister um, Steph, take this away on some of these one-liners. Wow. I, you guys, I wrote down the entire... We'll get into later. The conversation... I think their, their writing for these two characters has been incredible. Like The growth of their relationship from the beginning to now is my favorite part other than Kelvin and Keith because Kelvin and Keith are the best period, don't at me. That's the best couple of all time. Stand forever. Stand forever. But the writing for Judy and BJ is just incredible. BJ's character arc has been so fun to watch. They are so disgusting. They are so awful, but so perfect for each other. There, there's no one else for the, for the other. They have to be together. So from the... Are we just talking about the diner or, can, or are we talking about the whole thing? Let's go all in. Okay, I just have to... I need to read... I usually don't like rereading lines, but the this li- these lines together are the best ever. He goes, Judy, after he got tased, I have new developments in my personality. Know this. I'm a full-grown adult man now. I don't play games. I don't deal with bullshit, and I do not beat around the bush. To which she replies, okay, well, how about beating around this bush with that uncircumcised dick? That's <laughs> just gold. And then the J-O'd in my office... And then I I just love the whole 
that when she goes, BJ, I need to tell you part of my pajama pants are drenched right now and they're not drenched with pee. And he goes, they better not be Judy Gemstone. You save that piss for my chest. <laughs> you save that piss for my chest. Do you hear me? That's a bumper sticker if I ever heard one right there. Put that on my Valentine's Day card or don't give me anything at all. Okay? <laughs> pass on flowers. Pass on chocolates. If if you want to get at me this V-Day, you write that in the card. <laughs> You're going to get so You can reach Steph at... <laughs> You're going to get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, no, 100% agree. This whole scene, top to bottom, the one-liners, I'd love to know what was written, what was improvised. And also, you can tell the escalation of this whole scene. Me and Steph also do the Saturday Night Live show here, so we talk a lot about just sketches and how they escalate and raising the stakes throughout a three- to five-minute sketch. This did it so perfectly, too. The way that she's telling the story and it just keeps layering and layering, where at first she's basically like, I was lying. I haven't, I haven't gobbled thousands of dicks, I believe, was the actual. But that she was also that she'd only had one boyfriend. But then we find out that one boyfriend was her professor. And that one boyfriend was actually just a professor that she sexually, sexually assaulted. assaulted when he kept telling her no. No means no, Judy. And then... Consent is sexy, okay? <laughs> and then kidnapped his son and took him to the beach where she fed him ham and then was tackled by a cop. I mean... And that was her first boyfriend. <laughs> so the way that that scene escalated and just went from crazy to batshit insanely crazy was so good. And with all of those one-liners and that, like, I guess what she would call sexy talk in between... Wow. Wow. I, it's so <laughs> incredible. Uh, Jaden Lost in the chat says, that scene was uncomfortable. I was watching with my mom, LOL. Oh, man. I would oh. hate to have watched that oh. with my mom. I, we were just talking you. about before. I'm like, if my mom saw me talking on the show, because like I said, I was raised Catholic, she would just lose her amber shit. Same. I think all, all, all her parents would just say, go you, amber. Mom. Yeah, you we, save that piss for my chest. <laughs> Definitely sending this link to your mom after the show. Everyone else should do the don't same. Not, don't out me. <laughs> don't out me. Um, so then we get to have uh, Eli really needing to figure out what he's going to do at this point, too. Because, I mean, he's sent away his kids, essentially. Fired everyone. Baby Billy's still missing in action at this point. So he's not really even sure what to do has to just kind of start giving roles away. So Eli is just kind of like floating at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But then this next scene was one of my favorites too. Again, it really is a great way to show how this family operates. The movie night with the three kids, with Judy, Jesse, and Kelvin. You get to see where they do actually care about each other in the most weird, awful, fucked up ways. But they do. And I was so (laughs) excited because I really thought Kelvin was going to come out. But instead, he came out with the fact that he thinks he might actually be Jesus. So there was that. (laughs) So, I mean... The way that they were talking through each of their problems with one another was it per- personified them as characters. I mean, that it was probably the way the character was written when they were given the scripts originally. Like, Kelvin thinks he could be Jesus, but also has Satan <laughs> looming over his every thought. <laughs> and for Judy, it's like that question of will men love her, which I don't understand why she has so many issues with relationships. 
Ryan Duhon in the chat brought up a good point. He said, Judy talks about the whole thing with her teacher like she was the victim. That's crazy. Which is so true. She has everything is so warped with relationships. And then Jesse is the most arrogant, arrogant, arrogant POS of all time. But he's trying to do good. He's trying to be better, which he has been. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It is just like a potluck of issues, basically, in this whole family. Just like, which one are you going to bring to the table tonight? I don't know. We'll see. Um, And this was a great scene to show that. Um, And also to show that they just don't understand, like, boundaries, too, with each other. Um, I don't know how many times Judy has said something really creepy and aggressively sexual around her brothers. And they're just like, yep, this is a sweet moment. Let's keep talking about this butthole moment. Um I know. She's she's like, do you think that they'll go down on my asshole, too? And they're like, yes. 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 You know, just... Uh, just normal sibling conversation. That's typical. Pretty typical. Um, I will say I, I loved the double person comments from Calvin. Because it kind of played into that double entendre of like, no, you're not Jesus, but you are probably gay. <laughs> so, or you're fluid, or you're whatever you want to be, but you love Keith. So I loved the double person. Great point. Even though it's not what he thinks it is yet. He's getting there. He's getting there. Great point. He's trying. Um, so then we have Jesse heading off to Haiti um, to basically... And I mean, do you think that he actually went to Haiti because he wants to make amends with Gideon or just because he wants to make amends with Amber? I think the first trip was for Amber. I think one thing that we can't deny about Jesse is that he loves Amber. Yeah. He doesn't know boundaries like the rest of the gemstones don't know boundaries. They That's the problem with money and being privileged and being spoiled your entire life. You think you're entitled to everything. So even when you have the most perfect wife in front of you, you don't consider the fact that your actions are disloyalty and hypocrisy you just think i'm i'm a gemstone i can do this exactly yeah it, it's just so self it's just so self-entitled and self-absorbed with everything um but let's let's talk about kelvin i really want to get to the kelvin and keith please um, i've been so, waiting the entire night to get to kelvin and keith yes we've just been waiting this whole every episode just to get to their stuff um so kelvin as we saw last time had this crisis of conscience going on and now he comes the dark side comes out props again to wardrobe props to wardrobe cannot say it enough i um, might be him for halloween which version the devil version. <laughs> this was so good. Because that outfit was both sexy and alarming. <laughs> <laughs> sexy and alarming. Write that down, guys. Um, may I be the Keith to your Calvin? Oh my god! <laughs> Say less! You have been the Keith to my Calvin and I haven't even realized. <laughs> yes. Just like Calvin hasn't realized that he is in fact in love with Keith. Look at the parallels going on here tonight, guys. Satan and Jesus are both with us right wow. now. Um, Calvin, Satan is definitely with him right now. He's, you can tell by his hair and eyeliner, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. Satan's work. That's how Satan manifests itself. Yes, yes. And so he goes and makes this big announcement at, <laughs> with all of these kids saying that he has now gone to the dark side. He can no longer be their youth pastor. Um, and really, we, we see that teenage girl that him and Keith saved turn around and kind of spark the the saving of them too by saying like look 
keeps going down the rabbit hole. What are you what are you gonna do, man? That's your boy. They you that's what that's another a piece to the puzzle that they tied in perfectly. They used everything they brought to the table in every episode and brought it back in a way that made sense. Like everything had purpose the entire season, like her character, because she would be the person that has seen their relationship in a way that um, is, she's not as connected to the situation as the gemstones because they would never consider them a couple. I think they're too blinded by their own realities to notice what's going on, but she would be the one to see that because she saw them at their prime. Exactly. She saw those sparks. She saw how affectionate they were towards each other and she got to see, she kind of got that like front row seat for it that not many people get to witness between the two of them. Um, so to your point of everything having a purpose, I feel like comedies don't get enough credit when they do that. Because so often dramas are great at that. That's their calling card of, like, weaving in storylines and, you know, bringing back things that you're like, oh, shit, like, towards the end. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like that? Was that convincing? Thank you. Um, But, whoa! (laughs) Whoa! It's sort of like a 90s, like, stoner character on Saved by the Bell. Oh, shit! You're welcome, guys. If anyone wants to rep me. Uh, (laughs) But they got to, in this it's, it shows that it can be done in comedy and it can be done so well. And typically in those darker comedies, too, you have these callback moments that really end up tying in so beautifully to the whole storyline, which there's a couple more moments in this episode, too, that we'll get to in a little bit mm-hmm. where they do that. Um, but then so Jesse's in Haiti now. Um, he goes to try and, I, I think, just appease Amber, figure out if he can get, get Gideon to come home. But, you know, Gideon actually is trying to become a better person. What's been your take on Gideon this season and kind of where he is right now? I think Gideon was just a kid who messed up. He took it too far. He took probably years of anger towards his dad and made a mistake. And and I do think that Jesse deserved to be called out and to have some sort of punishment. But you were hurting your entire family's bag in the, in the process of it, <laughs> which was a rookie mistake because at least if you're going to have a dickhead dad... Stay rich. Like, <laughs> stay... That's that's it. But I, I, I do think he has a really good heart, if not the best heart in the entire cast, other than Keith. Obviously, yeah. God bless Keith. Heart of gold. But I think he's in Haiti for to find purpose and to reassess kind of his position in this world and what he wants to do. That's such a good point that he really does have the best heart of everyone, which is funny to say because he was the one trying to blackmail his entire family and was in was like kind of like the villain early on. Don't realize the it. bag boy. <laughs> Come on. And now he comes after it. Um. And then we already kind of talked about this with with BJ, you know, trying to break back in, win Judy over. We had some amazing moments with them. Um, There's a fly in here, and I'm telling you, this is the gemstones playing with us. It's Satan. He's here. Let it be. (laughs) Let it be. We are here. We hear you, Satan. We know. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. This is, We're going off the tracks real yep, fast yep, yep, tonight, yep. as per usual, guys. Calvin and Keith, let's bring it back in. Calvin goes to the Satan Club, talks to all of Keith's old Satan boys. I love that Keith is well known as the baby there. And he saves him. The baby. That was the cutest moment and the creepiest moment ever. What was he locked into? Like, what was happening? What kind of milk water was he laying in? You know that the show is doing its job when you opened with, that was the cutest thing. 
when you look at the scene and you're like, that was such a weird scene, but it was the cutest thing. <laughs> Would you look at that? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm just so in love with them, and I think that they're the best relationship ever. They need each other, but they're healthy, and they do it in up until Kelvin's freak out. They have a very healthy communication. Um, they really do love each other and care about each other, and I thought for a moment, I was like, are we gonna get the kiss. I know. We didn't. Probably because Keith was drugged out, but still. <laughs> yes. I think I, you know, it was funny. I wanted it so bad in that moment, and then thinking about it afterwards, I was like, you know, I'm kind of glad they didn't because, to your point, their relationship is so much like, they're just like buddies that love each other so much. And so I think the evolution of their relationship will be able to flourish more in the next season. Whereas this one, I don't think it could have gotten to that point. And I'm kind of happy that it didn't because it would have felt like it was being something that was forced or like I kind of like that they're torturing us with it right now. <laughs> like I want it so bad. I know. I know. We're season gonna, 2. We're getting it. We're going to get it. I have I have all the faith. Season um, 2. <laughs> If you ship Kelvin and Keith, let us know in the comments and in the chat right now. Please do. We just we'll talk about them for we'll and let us know your ship name. Ooh, yeah. I know there's been a few Kelvin Eve, Kelvin let us know. Let yours. us know. We're, we're not going <laughs> to. We're not doing great at it we're right We're not now. doing this right now. Um, so then, of course, Jesse gets home uh, without Gideon and Amber is, again, sticking to her guns. No pun intended. Jess <laughs> uh, says, no, like, this is, we're, you know, I asked you to do one thing. You screwed up our family. No, we're done. And, and leaves him. Um, Shot in the ass. <laughs> and it's too late, baby. You give love a bad name. Okay. I'm just going to rock out the rest of this time now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so he, he gets home. Uh, there's still cleanup to be done. And uh, I just got to say, <laughs> the the Jesus bobblehead. We've been waiting for this. That's what I'm saying. The callbacks. They're all there. They're all there. We find it. They find it at the scene of the crime, essentially, and realize, oh, wait, where's baby Billy been this whole time? And it's always been a B-roll shot. When they're changing scenes, they've they've shot that, um, that bobblehead many of episodes. So to yep. see it actually be... The way they find out he was involved in this is perfect. For it to be there. And then also, I know, like, in the coming attractions and stuff, in so many of the trailers, there is that moment of John Goodman throwing it against the wall and saying, oh, I thought it was a karate person. And I've been waiting for that line this whole time just because I find it so funny. But, Dad, that was Jesus. That was a, I thought it was a karate person. <laughs> just karate person. The specifics of the, the descriptions that they have for things are incredible. Um, but so Eli is like, okay, well, you kids aren't completely useless you've done a good job here maybe i can kind of take you back in let's let's go get baby billy um so they all team up for this and they go to to have the takedown i gotta say one of my favorites from jesse um for quotable lines is she's so poor so she'll know how to fight um and then judy coming back saying oh i'll fucking wreck a bitch 
<laughs> she's psychotic. She's insane. I would not. I would not. I would rather face pretty much anyone in a dark alley other than Judy. Jensen. Yeah, Judy is the only rich person that could probably throw hands because she would just do anything to get the win. Yeah. So dirty. She would fight so dirty. Um, and in this one, one moment, you'd just be like, How did I get a finger in my butthole? Like, what just happened, Judy? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jonathan, you're going to hell with us. <laughs> so we get to see them chase down baby Billy, literally out in this field. As soon as he held up that pitchfork in the rainstorm, I was like, Oh, that guy is getting struck by lightning. <laughs> Is that some biblical verse? Thee who holds pitchfork in the forest. (laughs) Yes, I believe uh, Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Old Testament. Okay. (laughs) Um, So he he gets struck by lightning. They have to take him inside. And what do we get? We get a call back again. Mm -hmm. The bee or the whatever it was coming back that was hovering over Amy Lee in the opening scene when she died comes back and brings baby Billy back to life, essentially, is what we're led to believe. Yes. Um. And again, finding ways. It's a crazy scene. It's insane. It's funny. It's serious and kind of sad because they're all thinking about Amy Lee and the way that she died and then this coming in. But then, of course, adding the humor of baby Billy. Just, no, I saw her. I saw her. And they're like, yeah, no no one's saying you didn't. It's fine. It's fine. So finding ways to bring that comedy in there. But um, so, of course, baby Billy is saved by the Amy Lee B. He saw her. Yes. He saw her. Okay, Steph. He saw her. God, baby Billy. He saw her and now pay me $50 to see what I saw. Thank you. Exactly. Which leads us to this final scene. And I got to say, their, like, ending montages have been really spectacular. And I have loved them. Um, In this one, Eli is giving a whole sermon about uh, empathy and finding salvation, uh, forgiving enemies, really so much about what this first season was about. So it was really beautifully written sermon for him to be saying over seeing everything going on with everyone um, from Johnny Seasons being offered a position with the Gemstones. Love. Where do you think that's going next season? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> so something like that. Um, we could see Baby Billy now still just being a piece of garbage and preaching out in a tent, but charging people to see a, a drawing of... Baby Billy the electric <laughs> preacher. The electric. Um, and then we get to see like a nice little moment uh, between Kelvin and Judy still working for Dad on opposite ends of the ends of the stage, almost kind of in like a an understanding moment. And... Amber sticks to her guns, gets rid of Jesse, and he goes to to Haiti to try to be a better man. Do we think he's going to be a better man? I think so. He was wearing regular clothes. That's true. He didn't show up in some douchebag Cuban outfit. (laughs) He's not a local. Could you tell? (laughs) Um, So it was, I feel like, such a great season slash could have been series finale if it needed to be. Yeah. I agree completely. I think it was a really um, interesting and well done choice creatively, and I, I'm so satisfied, but I'm really, really excited for a season two. Oh, gosh. I'm dying for it. I just love the characters so much. When you make people fall in love with the characters, you have a franchise. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think it's safe to say, let us know if you guys think differently. I can't imagine you would. I'm in it. For these characters. A hundred percent. I'm ready to follow them to the ends of the earth. I want to know where they I go. I am. We are all the Keith to the Kelvins. Like, we will follow you. You have saved us. Thank you so much for your service. God bless. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. And you know what, Sister Steph, really quickly, we're going to get into a very quick 
and very special se- special segment um, called The Righteous Rhyme That May Not Always Rhyme. Thank you, YouTube shout out, for <laughs> telling us that it never rhymes, but it's okay. <laughs> we're going to get into this segment. We're feeling, we're feeling the Holy Spirit. Sister Steph, take it away. <clears throat> Let us pray and sip on this blood of Christ. <coughs> All right. In Jesus' name we pray. Today, we will talk about the one and only Ernest Winston Angley. Born August 9th, 1921. You heard me right, 1921, because we do not discriminate on age in here at AfterBuzz TV. Uh-huh. An American Christian evangelist, author, and television station owner based in our good old friend Ohio. Mm-hmm, Ohio. You might be 98, but today is the day you will live forever in the hearts of this prayer. Earnest. Mm-hmm. Let me be earnest. Let's talk about your controversies. To start, he believes that AIDS and other diseases can be cured by God's healing power. Ain't that funny? Oh, preach. Angley, who has spoken out against homosexuality as a sin, has been accused of sexual abuse by former Grace Cathedral pastor, Reverend Brock Miller. Damn it, Reverend! Miller filed a lawsuit against Angley and claims that he was abused for nine years. Mm -hmm. A 1996 tape recording of Angley admitting to sexual relationships with a different man was subsequently, subsequently leaked by an anonymous source. What? Now, why now. does this always happen? Lastly, allegations of further sexual abuse, including forced vasectomies and abortions. You heard me right. Forced vasectomies and, and abortions Love, have no. been reported by the Akron Beacon Journal and Forbes. So you know that's reliable and real. Wow. Well, I pray for your saving grace because, wow, Ernest... You have not been so earnest, if I do say myself. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, Sister Steph, preach, preach, praise be the name of that 98-year-old <laughs> P.O.S. We do not discriminate. 98 and still hating. <laughs> yeah, no ageism here. You're still a piece of garbage. Just do it. <laughs> um, lastly, super, super quick with some news and gossip. <laughs> You didn't tell me my wig was done, Factor. <laughs> listen, listen. You look beautiful, Sister Steph. Don't let anyone tell you any differently. Very quickly on Post and Courier, if you guys want to check like it Judy's out. Judy's pubes. <laughs> She'd appreciate that, actually. I think. Yeah, you're right. Um, you can check out this article. We'll post it in the comments as well. Just kind of goes behind the scenes with uh, Danny McBride down in Charleston, where they shot most of this, talking about some of the stuff on set and like some of the things that he was pulling from around, um, just kind of like for for inspiration and different weird things that he had like in his office down there um, and things that were around there so just kind of like a day on set almost with Danny McBride down in Charleston so we will post that in the comments but uh, I thought that was pretty cool and what do we think for next season? Wow I don't even oh there's my hair. There it is. Wow it's even better. I don't know I don't know. I want to see just more character arc, more growth, because now the family is stepping into a different 
sort of scenario with where they are. I feel like they found themselves, so to speak. So it's it's kind of turned into this season was them against themselves, and I think now they're in unity, so it'll be them against other people. Mm. And I'm curious to see how that plays out, but I'm really, really excited. I like it, yeah. I think um, we're going to get more Johnny Seasons next season. Oh. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> um, Amber, like we said, I'm very excited. I might be most excited about Amber and then Calvin and Keith, honestly, um, to see where they go next season. And it'll be interesting. I'm glad they brought BJ back into the fold to see where, where him and Judy go. But they left a lot of stuff open. Super excited to see what happens. Loved this season. Loved getting to chat with Miss Stephanie over here. It was been Sister a lot of fun. Step. It's been so Sister fun. Step. You guys. I've had too much wine. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Steph, get it Sister right. Steph, Thank sorry. you guys so much for tuning in with us. Please keep talking to us. Find us on social media. You can find me at Seth Stabra on Instagram and Twitter. I really want to keep the conversation going. I've loved, I've loved, loved, loved talking with my dear sister Amy all season and you guys. So thank you so much. Same here, same here. Very excited for next season. Hit us up in the meantime. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. Steph. Well, I'll see you on Tuesday for the SNL after show, but then we'll see all you guys also. Also on our comedy channel. Boom. Five o'clock Pacific time on Tuesdays. And then we'll see you next season for the Gemstones. Praise. Praise. Jesus. Jesus. Praise Jesus. Jesus. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 